0: Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big TenMM. It is Tuesday, October 13th, 2020, and yesterday, the Big Ten announced the Week 1 start times, along with a couple other start times scattered across the rest of the season. But we now know what times our teams are playing. So let's take a look right away at the schedule. So the 23rd features one game, and that is the Illini taking on the Badgers. It's going to be kicking off at 8 p.m. And uh, that, I believe, is Eastern Standard Time. And so, yeah, it's back. Big Ten football is right there. We're so close. Uh, Then on Saturday... A big noon kickoff will be at Ohio State as they host Nebraska. They will get started at noon, and so will Rutgers, who is going to Michigan State. So two early games. uh, Noon, remember, that's Eastern Standard. So if we are in Central, that's an 11 o'clock start, which is on par with the Big Ten. The second round of games during Week 1 on the 24th has Penn State traveling out to Indiana. And Iowa going to Purdue, so both Indiana schools are hosting, and both of those games will start at three thirty. So, if you are a football fan in Indiana and you're a fan of one school or the other, Purdue or IU, you have to you know you have to be flip flopping the channels a little bit if you're going to watch both of the games. Uh, so eh, it is what it is, and then the. Final games of the slate for week one. Michigan takes on Minnesota in Minneapolis. That's a 7.30 start along with Maryland going to Evanston and facing the Wildcats of Northwestern. Also 7.30 start. Now, there are some future games that they released as well. And so here we go. Minnesota takes on Maryland, and that's on the 30th. That's an ESPN game. That's a 7:30 affair. And then on the 13th of November, Iowa taking on Minnesota. That's a 7 o'clock start. This is weird. Remember, November football is going to be weird. We're going to get into December as well. So we're going to get you a game in December. So the week after that, on the twentieth, Purdue takes on Minnesota. That is a TBD. Kind of odd because they were releasing times. Why they TBD that one? But uh, due to the fact that uh, you know you're you're looking at everyone's trying to plan ahead and make sure that you know you you have a general idea of what the schedule is and mainly because I think these are Friday games as well. I I think that that is the main case here. And then you're looking at Nebraska taking on Iowa, also a Friday game. So these last three games, I'm sorry, the last four games have been all Friday games, which – not going to lie, I'm not the biggest fan of. If you listen to the podcast last year, I hate Friday games. I don't think that you know, the Big Ten needs to have these kind of games to get that extra attention. Uh, they've had games on Thursday last year. I hated that too. But I guess Friday night is a little bit better, although it kind of, you know, Friday nights are for high school football, Saturdays are for college, Sundays, Mondays. And Thursdays are the NFL. That's how I view football. And unfortunately, the Big Ten's kind of throwing a little wrench into that this year. Especially with this schedule that is coming out right now. So those four games will be all on Friday. And then they also released the start time for the game. Michigan at Ohio State this year. It's going to be on the 12th of December so weird. So weird. It's typically, that game is held on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's going to be a couple of weeks after Thanksgiving this year. Which is a little weird, obviously, but hey, it is what it is. And uh, that one is December 12th. That's a noon start. That game traditionally always has started at noon. And they will keep that. And I like that because remember when the Big Ten decided to come out with a revised schedule. And that was one of my biggest complaints was that they had the Ohio State-Michigan game in the middle of the season. And I hated that. I could not stand that. So I'm glad they corrected it when they did a schedule for the third time. (laughs) Three schedules. Yeah, that's right. Three schedules. So uh, Big Ten football right around the corner. We all know start times for week one. We are really excited to see the Big Ten get back on the field and you know catch up with the rest of the college football world because you know, there are teams that have four games already under their belt. The SEC is, you know, it was separation Saturday without the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Weird. I, I'm not sure you can even say that right now. I don't know if there's going to be a separation Saturday. I think that when you look at the grand scheme of things inside college football, you're gonna see a weird season, and it's gonna be interesting when the College Football Playoff Committee finally comes out with their first rankings because there's not gonna be as many data points. There's no out of conference contests, so you can't say, "All right, well, you know, this team faced that team and from this conference and that team's strong and that et cetera, et cetera." With data points, they're missing data points, so I think it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens, but I do think that there's possibility that you could see some weird things happen. This is going to be a weird season, so pre- be prepared for some oddities. Iowa yesterday released their COVID-19 testing numbers, their most recent round, and uh, it's, it's pretty good, I will say. Uh, a little bit different then yesterday, when uh, we reported Michigan State's numbers, so Iowa had 10 positives out of 652 tests. And that is a point, I'm sorry, 1.5 positivity rate. That's a winner. Ding, ding, ding. We've got a winner here. This is what you want. That's, that's the low numbers that we're looking for. That's exactly what the Big Ten wants. That's what Kevin Warren wants. And If we're going to continue to see Big Ten football being played, well, Iowa as a state has had trouble handling the virus. They've had to shut down activities already for the athletic department. And now, look, they're figuring it out. They're figuring it out. The uh, 1.5% positivity rate is a win. That is a W, Big time. Nebraska gets another tight end commitment yesterday. In James Carney, the in-state tight end, 6'5", 220, had uh, offers from Iowa, Kansas State, Pittsburgh as well. He pairs up with Thomas Fidone and A.J. Rollins. And although Rollins isn't super highly ranked and and Carney is a very good player, I think the obvious star of the group is Fidon. Fidon could have went anywhere in the country opted to go to Nebraska but I'd like to see nationally a group that's better than Nebraska's. Better than their three. You can even take the top two or you can even just take Thomas Fidon and say "All right, find me something better because there's not a lot you're not going to find a lot better groups than that. That is one hell of a group that Scott Frost has got on the recruiting side of things in the 2021 class. Mm-hmm. Very, very impressive. And, and Carney's a, a great, great frame. 6'5", 220 pounds. I, I like the fact that he's huge. Massive. He's massive. And I'm, no lie. I like the fact that there's potential for one of these tight ends, and, and it's probably not going to be Fidon, at some point in time to potentially make a move to the offensive line because they have that size. Uh, who knows? I mean, an 18-year-old, their body can change in in, in a college strength and, prog- strength and training program so quickly that a guy that comes in, like Carney at 6'5", 220, can leave it, at, you know, 6'6", Two eighty. I mean, that's a 100% possibility. And 6'6", and 280, and if you're athletic and long and you can move your feet as an offensive guard or even a tackle, you're going to get paid a lot of money. So I like the versatility of the players for Nebraska along with the fact that they're damn good football players as well. Damn good football players. All right, we got a little bit of basketball news as well. Uh, Dicky V Dickie Bightell least his top 40. And uh, I think he's got a couple of Big Ten teams a little bit low. A little bit low. Start off with the highest rated Big Ten team. And that's Wisconsin. Dickie B's got him at five. Michigan State also in the top 10 at seven. And here's where I have issues with. He's got Iowa at 12. And the Fighting Illini at 16. Find me 15 other teams that are worse in the Fighting Illini. They returned two of the best players in the country. And then Iowa. Iowa returns the favorite for National College Player of the Year, Luka Garza. You know, Illinois has got Ayo Sumo and Kofi Coburn coming back. I mean, they've got both those teams have rosters that will compete for national championships this year. How DQV has them not even in the top ten, boggles my mind and I know Dickie V knows basketball he's been doing this for years but honestly it, I guess I can't really complain about Iowa being at 12 but the Illini at 16 that's I think that's very low I think that's very very low and then Michigan State at seven with what they've lost and yeah I get it Tom is a fantastic coach yes yes I just I feel like I want the line I got slighted here with Dickie B. All right, as we move along, Michigan is twenty second, Rutgers is twenty fifth, Ohio State thirty first, Indiana thirty sixth, and Purdue fortieth. I think that those the last couple schools there uh, are right. I, I like the programs and I think they're doing good and I think they'll be all tournament teams. So you know, I, I think that Dicky B got. The top two good, the middle two, Iowa and Illinois not so great, and then the rest he, he got pretty good. But uh, that's just nitpicking at this point in time. Uh, honestly, nobody knows what the hell any basketball team is going to look like this coming year. But you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I think that you know, Iowa won the fighting line. I got a little disrespected by Dickie V. And if I was, you know, Fran McCaffrey or Brad Underwood. And I'm using that as motivation, big-time motivation to my team. I'm showing them this, saying, look, he doesn't think very highly of you guys. What now? What are you going to do about it? Because that's what coaches need to do. Coaches need to find little ways to motivate their players. And these preseason polls and some disrespect that some teams might be getting over respect from other teams, I think that's the kind of thing that if I was a coach, I'd definitely be showing my players, be letting them know, hey, these guys don't like you. They don't think you're very good. What are you gonna do about it? You're gonna work harder, You get an extra hundred shots up in the gym after practice, run a couple extra laps. Yeah, that's it's motivation. That would be motivation for me if I was a coach and/or a player. I'd be working hard to prove Dickie V. wrong. Not just Dickie V., of course, but in this situation. Minnesota gets a commit from Kansas center Kenny Poto. Uh, Poto, 6'11", 240 pounds. He only had one other Power 5 offer, uh, and that was from Nebraska, which is a little bit interesting. He's a top 175 player. He's a big body, obviously, at, at 6'11", 240 I think that's because he's a little bit more of your traditional center. Poto is, uh, you know, you're back to the basket, old school style of center. He's not your stretch four, stretch five, uh, which is what, you know, the NBA has gotten enamored with and and it's starting to move over into the college ranks. I mean, look, Luca Garza is a center. And he's a little bit more traditional, but as he's kind of gone through the ranks... He's developed some of that outside game that you're looking for in a center nowadays. And Poto, to me, uh, is more of a little back-to-the-basket kind of guy. Now, those guys still were effective. I look at Kofi Cobert, Very effective. But, you know, when, when you look at the grand scheme of things, a lot of teams are looking for those stretch guys, and and Poto to me not really a stretch guy he's a top 175 player so he's still pretty good it's 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 good and it's interesting because uh we all know Richard Petino is is on a lame duck contract this year and i thought that that might hurt him on the recruiting side of things because you know the, the, like a guy like Poto is probably not an NBA prospect right away Foto probably needs, if he's going to be an NBA prospect, he would need two, three years to really kind of develop and become that player. And right now, who the hell knows if Patino is going to be that coach to get him there, to give him that motivation to get better? Who knows? I don't know. I'm not even sure if Minnesota knows. We will find out, though, at some point in time. But nevertheless, a solid commit. For Patino and the Gophers, uh, Kenny Potop, and that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a happy Tuesday, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.